It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome to Money for Lunch. I am glad you're here. You know, I I say this, but I mean this sincerely. Uh, I cannot thank you enough for supporting our show. Um, It is uh, mind-blowing that uh, I get to spend some time with you, be able to bring you leaders from literally all parts of the world, and I get to support some of my uh, dreams, if you will, because you guys support my show. And so thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, It is, uh, for the most part, we're in full swing. School is back in session, the happiest time of the year, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you know what? It's, it's, I don't know. It seems like, uh, you know, the birds are chirping and everything is just right in the world. Anyway, uh, let's just jump right into this. Progress requires setbacks. The only sure way to avoid failure is not to try. By Henry Spencer. Progress requires setbacks. The only sure way to avoid failure is not to try. Again, Henry Spencer. That's the quote of the day. We're going to jump into it. My guest today is Dean Carroll. Dean Carroll is a career and executive coach. He is the instructor of 12 courses with over 600,000 views available on LinkedIn Learning and has also been a senior leadership position for more than three decades with major global publishing companies, including 22 years at Wiley. Dean Carroll, welcome to Money for Lunch. Bird, it's an absolute pleasure to be with you this morning. It's, uh, as you say, it's the end of summer. It's a little bit chilly back here uh, in the east, meaning it's uh, high 60s, low 70s. So uh, I'm anxious and excited to be with you this morning. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, man, that, that's, that's almost like our winter right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had a hot summer. I mean, for us, it, it gets humid back east, and we've had a very hot summer. So this morning when it was high 60s and uh, – going to go to the mid-70s today. It's really refreshing, and it's a great spot here in, the, in northern New Jersey where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember it, it's definitely humid back there. Uh, and, you know, a little bit of humidity is fine, but uh, anyway, let, let's, just, uh, let's just dive into this. I'm interested to uh, talk about um, just how you can learn and master some of the stuff that you teach, uh, you know, I know that one of the things that you talk a lot about or you teach a lot about is, quote, the, the soft skills, right, the people skills, the emotional intelligence. And, and I, I kind of detest the fact that they're called soft skills because really if you look at somebody that is an iconic leader, their emotional intelligence, their people skills at – are developed at a very high, high level. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, I, that's, you've nailed it right there, Bird. It's a, um, you know, too often we take things uh, for granted about all of us learning soft skills, people skills, social skills, cause, because we're always so focused on learning, you know, the latest new strategy or having the 
the advanced degree at, at a university, and we forget about uh, what I call the basics. And, you know, I, I've spent, uh, as you said, I've, I've spent more than 30 years as a sales director in, in the publishing industry. I've worked with thousands of people. And uh, five years ago, I got into a career in executive coaching. And I see it, uh, I've seen it throughout my entire career. We get so enamored with trying to be on top of everything that we forget about uh, basic skills. And, uh, you know, there are CEOs and executives who just have it. You know, they, they're at that, they're the top 2% of the, uh, of the business world. So where do the rest of us fit in and how do we become successful? And what I've always stressed to the people that I've hired and trained and managed and still do today is go back to your basic skills. Go back to you know, learning how to work in meetings and planning agendas, learning how to present, learning how to speak. And um, these are courses they don't teach, you know, at, uh, at the university level. They assume that we pick this up through osmosis or through training <laughs> through the years. And, and uh, so that's where, that's where I, I do my focus now in my courses on LinkedIn Learning and now in my book, uh, Mastering the Basics. Yeah, the, um, what you said there about, how we're supposed to pick this stuff up. What's so interesting to me is our education system really needs a thorough reboot, right? I mean, there are children who are drawn to mathematics. They love math. Mm -hmm. They love algebra. They love geometry. They love, they love, you know, that stuff. And I think those children should be able to be given what they want because most likely if they have a mathematic aptitude, they're probably going to go in some side of science or something where they're going to be able to use those skills that they love so much. Mm -hmm. As opposed to there's children who, when they see math problems, they start to sweat, they become intimidated, you know, they know that two plus two is four, but still their, you know, their, their right. heartbeat starts racing. They realize, oh, this is not a thing that I enjoy. And my point being to this is that I think we need to, we need to start shifting our school system, our, we'll teach at the school system, I'm sorry, to help people connect with the subject matter that they're going to really enjoy. And on top of that, be able to give them the basic, uh, you know, again, your book, Mastering the Basics, we need to give them the basic skill set on how to deal mm-hmm. with people, how to reach goals, how to overcome setbacks. You know, what's so funny to me is when you have a young child, four or five-year-old, six-year-old, you know, they really don't care about anything. They don't care what you look like. They don't care whether you're thin or fat. They don't care whether you're black or white, they don't care about anything other than can we get along and have fun? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and they're easy to forgive. Now you take those same easygoing, loving kids, and you know, by the time they get through college, you know, we're we're judgmental, we're opinionated, we can't get along unless you fit in this box. And mm. and, and and again, these soft skills, the emotional intelligence is going to favor the individual who is more like that 
non-judgmental, loving five-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you've, you've touched on a bunch of things there that are, are critically important issues that we face uh, both in the education system and in the business community and in our lives in general. You know, so often we are so focused on that we have to do things a certain way and, and be successful at certain things, and we're afraid to admit that we don't know something. And, um, you know, in the book, I cover 200 different topics, and they're all about a page and a page and a half each on this. And one of them is one is emotional intelligence that you, you touch on. But also, you hit on a key point of if you're a student and you don't know math, or if you're a student and you don't know uh, um, advanced topics and business strategy, you know, I, I, one of the topics is I say it's okay to say you don't know. <laughs> and I, sometimes we're afraid to raise our hand and say, you know, I need help. And yes. that's not taught in school. We're just to say, well, you have to learn it. Or we're afraid to say, you know, we need assistance on a certain subject or we've made mistakes. And, uh, you know, it's a, the way we've been trained throughout our entire life. And we go into business and we think we always have to be perfect. And my career has been an emotional roller coaster of successes and disappointments. I mean, I've had a nice <laughs> steady path of growth, but if you think that, I haven't had moments where I said, wow, what am I doing? Um, and that was a light bulb that went off to me, but it took me a while to figure that out. In my 20s, I thought I had to be perfect all the time in learning yes. new things and comparing myself to others. And uh, so you raise a really good point. Well, and, and you know, it's one of those things that, uh, uh, man, we could literally spend hours talking about this, uh, all the different mm. things. Again, you brought up in, in your book, uh, mastering the basics. Uh, I, I'm blown away. 200 topics. Uh, I was not aware of that. But what's so nice is that, as you said, they're only a page or two. So people could pick up and start wherever they want in the book and just kind of pick up a topic, read it, and apply it maybe that same day. Yeah, it's interesting. And the feedback I've gotten so far, it's funny with, uh, you know, obviously friends and relatives and so forth. But people who I've met are strangers. They said, Dean, I like the fact that you cover 200 topics and I don't have to read them all at once. They pick up one or two at a time. And, you know, I have, you know, from everything from being authentic to how do you work with a a micromanager? You know, we've all worked with uh, managers who are difficult. Well, how do you handle situations like that? Now, there are books written entirely on that subject, but I just cover it in short practical, uh, a short practical approach to give people tips and techniques, things that have worked for me or things that I've seen uh, that others have used. And uh, it's a, uh, again, there are no courses on this. Um, right. When you go at the freshman year of college or when you graduate, and uh, it, these are the things that uh, I think they don't teach you in, in business school, all of these various uh, topics in, in the book. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, I'm going to plug the book a few times. The book is called Mastering the Basics, Simple Lessons for Achieving Success in Business. So let me ask you this, Dean. uh, What was the catalyst to get you to write the book? What was happening where you said, you know what, I need to write this book? Well, it's it's, again, through the years, I've I've just encountered people who – um, we're trying to compare ourselves with a person who has the MBA or an advanced degree or a PhD, um, or we're trying to lose, learn the latest new strategy in social media marketing or mergers and acquisitions, and we get intimidated um, by others, and we feel like we're 
we're falling behind or we're feeling we're not as good as everybody else. And so I just started to write down topics of, of things that, that I've encountered through the years and, and working with people of, you know, how do you handle the person who talks too much in a meeting? Or how do you, when you're in a meeting and you're a bit introverted, how do you find ways to speak up in meetings? Um, how do you handle corporate culture and, and, and how common sense is so important? And I started to go through and list these topics. And again, a lot of it related back to what I've encountered personally in my career. And the light bulb for me came in my mid-30s. I worked with an outstanding publishing company, had a great job, but it was a very intense environment. And I got to see how various managers led and how various managers who were just managers and didn't know how to lead. And I was able to pick up things and say, you know what, I'm pretty good at what I can do, so how do I enhance the skills that I have? You know, I kiddingly say, I was a B student and I got there with extra credit. <laughs> so <laughs> how do I do well in my career by enhancing my skills? I love to talk, I love to be with people, I love to be friendly. So how do I use those skills uh, to make my career and, and grow and develop? You know, I came up with, I call it my philosophy, and uh, you know, along with the 200 topics. And I talk about uh, basic things like, Bert, how often you approach somebody and they don't even say hello, or they give you a nod and a grunt? And yes. I can't tell you how many times over the course of my life and career somebody will say to me, Dean, you're always so friendly. You always say hello. Now, is that rocket science? But it's a, uh, it's a critical skill of just being friendly to somebody being warm and outgoing. And uh, I think, you know, each of us has our own qualities and traits. So how do you find the key traits? I mean, Bert, you're obviously a very inquisitive person. Uh, you're, you're, you love to talk with people also. So how do you use those skills, and as you have done, in growing and developing your business career and personal life? And these are the things that I just, I like to focus on and, and help people now in my coaching career saying, you know, what are the key three traits that you have as an individual that you can continue to develop and what are the three things that you think you need to work on and uh, you know those are you keep it focused and I think you find ways to help people maximize their abilities absolutely absolutely well one of the things in the book that you talk about and again this is this is not rocket science but mm -hmm. it, it, it is one of the things that we have to remind ourselves all the time Keep things simple, you know, avoid yes. the distraction. And I think sometimes we create, we have this lofty goal mm -hmm. and we start to create a very complicated system around that goal. And then it doesn't get done or, you know, it just, it dies because people made it so complicated. Yeah. I read a book years ago that, uh, that I mentioned in the introduction to the book that actually changed my thinking on a lot of things in business and my personal life. It was a book by Jack Trout, who was famous for writing a marketing book called Positioning back in the 80s yes. and 1990s. It was a big million copy seller. But he wrote a book called The Power of Simplicity. And it was, you know, we all go to meetings and people, you know, they, we have these hour-long meetings or agendas that go on forever and nothing ever gets accomplished. And you think, why did we do this? <laughs> and in the book, you know, Jack Trout talks about, you know, keeping things simple, cutting to the chase, get things focused, go back to common sense. And, you know, these are all topics in, in my book. And it's, you know, 
you nailed it, uh, Bert. It's, it's, we make things too complicated, and, and uh, you know, there are cases when you do need to have the, you know, the full morning meeting covering strategy or analysis or so forth. But in most cases, you know, it's make the decision. Just do it. And you're going to yeah. be right nine times out of ten. And if you're wrong that one time, well, you, you go back and fix it. And sometimes, again, we get so caught up in being perfect or afraid that somebody's going to say, you know, Bert, you did it wrong. Um, and we're afraid of that. Then you realize that, you know, the best approach is go with your common sense, go with your gut, and believe in yourself. And yes. Believing in yourself is a topic that I talk about because that is very hard for us to do and for everybody. We all go through moments when our confidence is a little bit out of whack and how do we – and you have to find ways to how do you get back on track again. You know, so it's a you – know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a, I'm a business person who's tried to uh, be successful and work with others by focusing on the skills that we, you and I are talking about, emotional intelligence, people skills, soft skills, social skills. You know, what's interesting, too, is uh, you mentioned, you know, you're going to be right 90% of the time. You know, what if you're right just 70% of the time? I mean, that's still pretty good. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's good. It, it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I think you could build some significant wealth if you were just 60% of the time and you, and you – when you were buying stocks, to be right 60% of the time is pretty damn good. Uh, so, yes. but, but, but you're right. There, there is this thing where we are afraid of being wrong or, or, or failing, and I think that comes from the environment that people are at, meaning uh, you mm. go to uh, – you know, Google has this thing where they allow their employees to – invest 20% of their time in whatever they want. And Google is constantly mm -hmm. coming out with new innovations and they attribute it to this, right? So they're yeah. allowing, literally they're allowing their employees to experiment, to fail, to find out what's working, what's not working, why it's not working. And, and so that has to be fairly liberating to go for, a, to work in a company, Dean, and they can say, hey, Dean, uh, you can fail and you can experiment and, you know, that, but I, my point being is that if you're in a culture where you're afraid, maybe the culture may not just be the person. Yeah. You know, you're, you're hitting on the core of, of what I'm encountering now in, you know, in my career as a coach is I'm finding there are really good companies and there are a lot of lousy companies. And, you know, you, you always hear stories, but now when I'm dealing one-on-one -on -one with people and I hear stories of, you know, bad culture. Um, there are a lot of people in management positions who never were taught how to be a leader or don't know how to be a leader. And um, so when you say, you know, it's when people are afraid, in some cases they're working with uh, in such restrictive environments. You know, Google, what a great example of a company that lets people try to help them thrive. Um, you know, I'm working, you know, in my work now with LinkedIn, I'm not a, an employee of LinkedIn. I just do courses with LinkedIn learning, but just seeing how that culture works and how these people, you know, work together, come up with ideas, you know, no company's perfect, but, um, I think that all starts at the top, you know, the senior leadership of companies, you know, is able to, uh, reinforce positive culture, enabling people to succeed and, um, you know, for years I used to say to people, 
you know, work it out, work it out with your manager, figure out a way to get it done. And now what I say to people, if you're in a toxic environment or if you're in an environment where they're not letting you grow in development, you need to be more proactive and look out for yourself and look for another opportunity. It's, you know, lousy managers are always going to be lousy managers. And lousy culture takes a long time, if ever, to turn around and improve. So uh, you hit on a, a topic that is a real lightning rod for me now, what I'm seeing with people that I work with. I also, yeah, and, and you know, again, a lousy manager, uh, unless that lousy manager is aware that he's a lousy manager and is doing something to become better, then you're right. He's always going to be a lousy manager. I want to talk about this uh, because kind of back to what we were talking about with, with the whole failure thing, um, you know, this whole idea of vulnerability is a positive quality. Um, mm. and, and I think that, you know, people who have the courage to show their weakness, their vulnerability are looked at as courageous. They're, they're, they're iconic. I mean, you know, Oprah Winfrey would talk about her abusive childhood. She would talk about her weight gain, her weight loss, mm -hmm. her, she was very open about whatever was happening, right? And it just drew more people to her. And I'm using her as an extreme example because she's so yeah. well known. But in right. business, in business, you know, how is being vulnerable? Explain your, 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 your idea that vulnerability is a positive thing. Yeah, I, I think vulnerability, you know, people make fun of that word, oh, we're, we're vulnerable, or people say we overuse the word being authentic. It's another great book by Bill North called uh, True North on authenticity and being authentic and being vulnerable. And, um, you know, so I use the example that people often say to me, and, and they'll say, Dean, you, you seem so uh, uh, confident and, and uh, reassured when you speak in public, and do you ever get nervous? You know, speaking in front of 50 people or 100 people or so forth. And I say, darn right I do. I always get nervous. And the reaction is always the same for people, that their eyes widen and they're shocked. And they say, wow, you do? And I said, yes, because I'm, I'm excited to, to be, you know, speaking and, and, and I want to do well. And, you know, but I'm – so it's showing my vulnerability, but I always follow it up by saying, but I'm confident in my abilities that I can get through the first 30 seconds and get my – sea legs, so to speak. So it's showing that, you know, I'm human just like everybody else. And, you know, Bert, I was excited this morning. Just, you know, we're getting ready to talk here today. You know, am I going to, you know, be answering you in the, the way that you and your audience will want to hear me? And I think that's just being honest. <laughs> right. What's wrong with that? And uh, I love when I hear from leaders who say, you know, I'm not sure what decisions I should make. Um, you know, for the company, but I'm going to bring in the right people to, and we'll decide, and then I'll make the final decision to move forward. Um, you know, the gentleman who's the new CEO, unfortunately, I can't pronounce his last name, the CEO of, uh, of Uber, when he took the job, he said, I must be honest with you, I'm scared, but I'm confident in my abilities that I'll be able to turn Uber around and make it be successful going forward. I mean, that's a, that takes courage, and it takes skills, and I think being vulnerable, as you said, is a sign of courage and it's a sign of strength and leadership. 
And, uh, I, I, and again, through the years, we are afraid to admit some of our weaknesses. And I think that's, yes. that's, a, that's disappointing. Yes, yes. Well, and, and again, I think it's this it goes back to, uh, you know, the culture. It goes back mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, something. It, you know what? It, this is where it comes back down to. It, it, it's unfortunate, but you know how cruel humans can be when they're young and dumb, meaning in, you know, maybe not so much in the elementary school, definitely, maybe towards the end of elementary school, definitely in junior high, absolutely in high school. You know, let me tell you, surviving high school Mm. uh, is difficult. You cannot get out of high school without some emotional scarring. I mean, they're, you know, they, they, they will lay into you, uh, you know, for any, for what do you call it, any kind of difference or weakness. I mean, it's just yeah. that environment. And I think that if you go through high school and, and, you know, most people by the end of high school have learned, I got to, you know, I got to shut up. I got to, you know, mm. I can't fail. I can't show weakness, you know, whatever, whatever. And this goes back to why we need to reboot our education system because people yeah. need to understand that failure is okay. They need to understand uh, – they need to have a, a good relationship with themselves so they can avoid some of the pitfalls. I mean you see people who are addicted to you know, to drugs, whether it's a legal drug mm-hmm. or, or an illegal drug. Most people take drugs because they want to escape because they don't feel good about themselves. And, mm. you know, I remember many, many years ago, and you might remember this name. Um, I was at a, uh, an event uh, and I was uh, uh, with Sig Ziglar. And I remember mm-hmm. the only thing I remember from his talk is he says, we don't have a drug problem. We have a self-esteem problem. Right. And that can yeah. be used on so many different levels because you look at social media, which again is, is a great way to destroy somebody's, uh, uh, what do you call yeah. it? Uh, self-esteem. Again, do we have do we have a problem with young people spending too much time on the phone? Yes, and I think a lot of that comes back down to that self-esteem. Yeah. That's, again, these are not uh, to be too preachy. You know, these, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's a these are issues that are above my pay grade, so to speak. You know, and figuring them out psychologically. I, I, but it's a I. I talk in the book and I talk to people all the time about the importance of self-esteem and confidence and it's easier said than done. And I always preface that by by saying, you know, there are people who say they're always great or everything is always terrific and it's always sunny and they've got so much money. Well, baloney, you know, everybody goes through times of, of uh, self-esteem issues, confidence issues. I go through it. You go through it. The trick is, are you strong enough to be able to admit it? <laughs> and I admit it. You know, I mean, it's like yes. I've had great times, but I've had moments when, I, wow, am I doing this right? You know, my very first course that I did with LinkedIn Learning, you know, I'm being videotaped, and I was a was a nervous wreck, <laughs> and B, I was like, guys, they got people here who do this really well. Do I fit in? You know, again, I've been in business a long time, and I still had that confidence issue. And then again, I, I knew my abilities, and I was able to overcome it and, and then believe in myself. But 
we all go through that. And it does start in elementary school. And again, these are issues that, you know, at a higher level than probably the you and I can figure out, but it's, you know, from bullying to how we handle and, and how that hurts people right from the very beginning. And then the whole social media thing where, you know, Bert, we're a culture now where, you know, A, we want things done immediately, and B, if it's not done right, we call people names. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that's one of my bullet points in my philosophy, and people laugh. What, my first bullet point is be good to people. Yes. And, wow, is that, again, is that rocket science? But, again, again we're going on uh, subjects here that are really intense, but we are a culture where we have difficulty in being good to people. We snap immediately, and uh, and we go after people. So I preach, you know, help motivate people. Be good to the other person. You know, it's, it's like – when somebody is having trouble at work, do you help them out or do you avoid them in the hallway? And I, I, I tell the stories of, you know, when somebody loses their job, you would think that uh, they've got a serious illness. And some people reach out and show empathy when others, you know, turn the other way and avoid. And that's one of the topics of the book is empathy and caring for people, which, again, all ties back into the importance of believing in yourself and confidence. Zig Ziglar's book is great. I go back. I've got one from way old, before our time, your time, my time. The power of positive thinking. Yeah, by Dr. Vincent. Norman Vincent Peale, which is a classic yes. that's still available. So, um, I think all of these things are important uh, for us to uh, to continue to enhance and develop. Absolutely. Uh, again, I want to plug the book, Mastering the Basic, the Basics: Simple Lessons for Achieving Success in Business. I, you know what? It's it's uh, it's you you said it a couple times. It's not rocket science, but mm. it, it is the basics. And and uh, uh, he was uh, now I've lost. Uh, oh, he's a famous coach, and he was asked, you know, what did he attribute all his success to? And he would say simply, "We become brilliant at the basics." And right. it's not it's not doing a thousand things a thousand different ways. It's it's doing five or six or ten things, you know, over and over again until you master them. And and uh, you know this this simple idea, this non rocket science idea of being good to people, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it may sound hokey, but ultimately, again, when we start thinking about people that we love people who have touched our lives, people that we respect, those people have probably been kind to us. They've probably been good right. to us that, you know, it's those simple things. Um, all right. So I want to, I want to kind of touch on this um, in the book. Again, you talk about prioritizing and focusing on what really matters. And, right. you know, I want to, I dive into that a little bit because, uh, you know, back to, I think you said earlier about, you know, what three things you mentioned, like focusing on three things or something like that, but what are your tips? How do you prioritize and focus on what really matters? Bert? Yeah. You there? Did we lose you? Just faded out there for one second. I didn't get the last part of that question. Oh, no problem. Uh, so, you know, how do we go about, uh, prioritizing and focus on what really matters. How, what are oh, your tips yeah. for that? Yeah, I, th I think that comes down to, you know, we all have our goals and our values and, and uh, 
and we talk about you know work-life balance and, and so forth and and we all have our own and some people like working 70-hour weeks and they feel that's their mission and you hear stories about that of people that and some people are perfectly happy of going to work at 9 and leaving at 4.30. And so it's knowing what really matters to you. And I always talk about, you know, the family always has to come first. And, and uh, you know, we are only on this earth for X amount of time, and our children grow, and, and they move on, and our friends and neighbors. And that's what really, to me, that's the number one priority for me. That might not be for you or the next person next door. Some Somebody's priority may be their religion or maybe their education or maybe whatever. But you need to come up, I believe, and what are the key things in your life or what really matters to you? Is it money or is it travel or is it people? Is it a growing family? And then in your business life, what do you really want to do? You don't need – if you're a, a finance person, do you want to be the CFO? Well, a lot of people don't want that. <laughs> They're perfectly thrilled in growing and developing and being the, you know, the financial analyst in a small department. Um, and uh, if you're in sales, do you want to be the sales director? Or do you like the freedom of being able to work with customers and clients on your own time? So it is, it is developing your own goals and priorities of what really matters to you. And don't worry about anybody else. Focus on you and your family, loved ones, partners, or so forth, and what matters uh, to you. And the way you develop that then is one of my other key points is always be learning. And you know, if you're, if you're still doing things the same way you did five years ago, well, you're not continuing to enhance your abilities or yourself. And I, I look at myself as I could kick myself. You know, my earlier times of my career, I went to work, I went home, I was family, and I didn't look out to take courses in specialized subjects or learn and enhance my abilities. Now I do it all the time. And, you know, I was, you know, in my late 50s, I went back to college. And <laughs> so... I'm preaching, you know, that it it reinvigorated me, re-excited me, and for me that was a priority. And for some people that won't be. So, again, it comes back to what makes sense to you, but you really should spend some time, I think, in evaluating the goals and priorities of your life. And that ties into, you know, uh, what really matters. Easier said than done. And don't let anybody fool you. It's, oh, well, you know, Dean just said we can do this today. No, it takes some time. It takes some thought, and you may have to regroup. So uh, um, that's what I believe. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, bottom line is uh, depending on where you're at in life, what's most important mm. is going to shift. Uh, I, I think it's yeah. changing, you know. But I do like what you said there about uh, continuous learning. And mm. interestingly enough, uh, it reminded me of what happened to Blockbuster and also yeah. what happened to Kodak. And, you know, so, so here's oh. Blockbuster. They had like 8,000 stores nationwide. I just so yeah. happened, I just reread some of this information. I thought they had 4,000, but it's 8,000 stores globally. They're the leader in the rent in, in their entertainment space. Uh, and here comes, it, it, here comes this little company, which they had an opportunity to do an alliance with yeah. it. You know, Netflix had approached uh, had approached yeah. Blockbuster and said, "Hey, we can work together. We can be your online. Uh, you know, we'll be we'll be your online uh, arm or whatever." And they said, "No, no, no." But they disappeared from from their first meeting with Netflix until the time they filed bankruptcy was just ten years, and that yeah. and that's 
you know, and they disappeared. This is a multi-billion dollar company disappeared because they didn't want to change. They did not want to improve yeah. or learn more or, or whatever. They just wanted to, you know, keep doing what they were doing. And that's great until it no longer works. Yeah. That's, that's, those are great lessons for all of us. You look at those companies and then you look at yourself as an individual. And, uh, and again, it's a, I look back, I mean, I had one of the first Blackberries, and I thought I was so cool, you know, with my, my getting my email on this mobile device. And, you know, and then five years later, I felt like a dinosaur because everybody was moving on to something else. And, you know, so it's, it's true in business. If you're not staying on, I mean, everybody talks about artificial intelligence now. Everyone's talking about learning new trades, new tools, new techniques. And, you know, so if, uh, if you're, you know, doing the techniques from 10 years ago, you know, you're really out of touch. And it's, uh, it doesn't mean you need to stay on, on top of everything because that's impossible. But right. uh, you have to be, try to maintain, and it's also just good for your mind, you know, constantly reading. Reading is so essential. I don't care what it is, whether it's my book, your book, buy both of our books, you know, read them together, <laughs> Burton Dean, and, and uh, but anything. A novel, yeah. romance, it keeps your mind fresh, and that education is essential for all of us. And it, it, it's, it also, as you learn and read, that ties back to building your confidence, I believe, too. It keeps you invigorated, so, and which, I, which I think are key essential qualities and skills to, to have. Well, and, and you know what? What's so interesting is there is a, uh, a company, and I believe their name is, luminosity or something like that. And, mm. and, and what do they do is they, they talk about how our brain becomes somewhat, you know, not, not physically brittle, but if we don't constantly train our brain, it shrinks, it, it, it's not mm. as pliable or whatever. And so they basically have game games for your brain and that's what mm. they built their whole business on. So it just goes to show you it's, it's, it's super imperative and again, I want to give out the book one more time, Mastering the Basics, Simple Lessons for Achieving Success in Business. The author, Dean Carroll, K-A-R-R-E-L. Dean, I want to say thank you so much. It's been a blast having you on the show. Bert, what a pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you today. I think we're on the same wavelength on a lot of these subjects. So you made my day. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you and your audience. Same here. Thank you so much. Good bye stuff bye there now. from Dean Carroll. Just love his energy, right? And, and what I love about his book is, as you heard, it's 200 different topics, but there are a page or two here and there. And sometimes all we need is to remember, right? You know, some of the stuff, depending on how old you are, you've, you've forgotten some of the stuff. You know it, but it's buried deep down, and, and you pick up Mastering the Basics, and all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, and maybe that revitalizes your life or revitalizes your business. Either way, I'm putting the link here in the show notes, and you're more than welcome to check out his book. Again, it's Mastering the Basics, Simple Lessons for Achieving Success in Business. And really, you know, he could have taken that one step further in business and in life, but I think, you know, uh, I, 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 this is my opinion. I think that business books tend to sell a lot more 
Uh, I could be wrong. But either way, simple lessons for achieving success in business. Mastering the Basics by Dean Carroll. What a great guest. What a wonderful book. Check it out. The link is going to be in the show notes. And as always, my friend, let's share this episode with everyone we know. Let's help as many people as possible to master the basics. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.